0: Flames are a goblin with the knobbly base. I wanna chase round space, have a potion race, a rebellion in this freaky little forest place choose a room to destroy in the dungeon gloom hunt jewels in the dunes of the moon lagoon i wanna kneel to reveal secret shield i wanna sacrifice some streamers on the battlefield yield big shield stop stealing from the duchess fight like a knight All oh, balls
1: to justice i wanna buy my fame on the arcade Trade some grain, gotta fund my reign yeah, I've got to rain to reclaim
0: mm-hmm. Oh my days, it's time for the Handsome Boys Club <laughs> It's the Boys Club. Thank you for working on that, Ben. I know you dropped out of Spiel for a couple of hours to go and write that, and I'm indebted to you. Uh,
2: Vlada Schvartl uh, did the drums. Um, Pete, I'm a Oops. bit disappointed. Who I
0: asked you to come up with a theme tune, and um, you, you spat in my face, actually. I remember quite clearly.
1: I, it's for your own protection and for the <laughs> listeners' protection. If they heard me trying to make a tune, even of my own devising, it would be unpleasant.
0: Folks, we are. It's a podcast first here at the Handsome Boys Club because I am podcasting in my pyjamas. Your, your pyjamas. I put my special pyjamas on because it's the end of the night and we're all very sleepy boys. Who's the sleepiest?
2: I don't think it's me.
0: I don't think it's me. Right, well, I'll watch well, you. Guys. You're
1: in your pyjamas. <laughs> so. right, and if I'm not the sleepiest guy, and Ben's not the sleepiest guy, and are you the sleepiest guy? yes I'm um, the sleepiest guy okay, so, Correct. We're
0: in um, so I'm probably going to go to bed after this but you're going to play a couple more board games True.
1: Yeah. Oh, quick, we're going to play quick arc nova. yeah if you could can you talk in your sleep at all can we
2: get you to like adjudicate I, could, you... could you learn a new game for us
0: I usually podcast in my sleep so I'll probably just go do a separate podcast yeah. called the handsomest boy club <laughs> Um, okay, so as usual, we'd start off every episode by asking who's the chump, who is oh. king of Chumpton, Chumpton USA, mm. president and king all rolled into one, because they didn't have a revolution. No. Pete, I believe you are President Chumpton. Yeah,
1: so I was a chump, because I'm a hypocrite. Uh, so, and is that not the most chumply thing, to be a hypocrite? I would pin pin my yeah, life like, on you it.
2: like you're a double chump, because you're a chump, but then... You're a self-enforced chump as well
1: Yeah, I've reinforced the chump Basically, I was saying earlier that uh, I only care about mechanics, that's all I care about Mm. I don't give a shit about the pictures
0: Mechanics, Mechanics. I am Mechanic mechanic mechanic. Man
1: i'm a chump because i was saying how much i only care about mechanics and then the two games that i've bought here in spiel s and and there was a third one i was considering um were this sort of we just played it called uh terra futura it's kind of like a climate change uh, uh allegory story that at the back has a very uh on the nose explanation where it's like by the way climate change is bad and here's some issues with the economy and here's some things we could think about and it's very good in that regard and it was an okay game but I basically got it because it was cheap and it was climate change. Mm. The other one I got was the Marxist Dwarfs game that we talked about earlier. And again, the f- whole thing of that was I saw it across the room and it's just like that calls to me. That
0: br- that that brain just going oh there's a thing for me. As we're
1: walking out from that to towards the Warhammer place to leave yeah. the place, walk past TC uh no C uh yeah CTG, which was a game that had like a fake magic card back on the front cover Mm. and it was called card trading game and it was a game the theme of which was you're a card collector collecting trading cards from trading card games and it's about like getting the most expensive collection and it actually sounded kind of good and i slightly regret not buying it but again that would have made me the chump so i've avoided a tiny amount of chumpness there
0: lack of chumpness over here quick question one theme each quick one word two words sentence what's what's the theme that you're like You'll always have a look at the back of the box, you'll check the price, you'll be interested in playing. What's what's that theme that makes you go, Okay, I'll have a look at this. I would say like fantasy if that's really common. I'd say I do like if it's protesty, if it's mm. like political. I kick I backed something on Kickstarter called Block by Block, which looked cute and fun. But and we purely, and we played it a few months ago, but like purely because it was about like uprising. And mm. that's quite an uncommon theme. I don't see that a lot. Yeah. Like it does, it is there, but like it was quite cute and fun mm. within my wheelhouse. So yeah, something like political and fist in the air. Hey Ben.
2: Sincere Lovecraft.
0: Right, yeah. I you I, talked about Lovecraft on the train. I, lo-
2: I like Lovecraftian stuff, but like I don't want it to be throwaway because a lot of, some mm. games do just go, and it's got Bloody oh. and, Um Like, I want games that are like trying to do genuine horror, but they are in that Lovecraft like nineteen twenties, very like, racist cosmic horror. <laughs> I Lovecraft was incredibly racist and it's very problematic. But I will give Fantasy Flight their credit; they're very good at diversity anyway. But they really lean into it with all their Lovecraft stuff and they make sure they've got a really diverse cast of characters. Don't Google Lovecraft stock.
1: Listener, tell us in the comment about Lovecraft stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, like you, it's political stuff. And there was one as we were walking towards yeah. before we reached the um, Marxist one. There was um, another one. Like there were a few games that were like explicitly about climate change and this mm. sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm at least interested in this sort of. Well, obviously, I'm an activist about it, but also like I'm interested in like turning that into a board game and trying to like spread the message in different ways and that kind of thing. Um, so that that will get me. And the other one I thought of was at the moment like mushrooms, like a uh, uh, mushroom or gobliny themed, like fun little fungus guys.
2: <laughs> I had one more thing, and this is this is my other answer, which is a bit of a cop out answer, but is anything different? And I, the reason I didn't say that is there's some stuff where they go. No one's done a game about what if custard was really into climbing ladders or whatever. <laughs> but like, so you know, we had played, played a game called Power Vacuum, which was a yeah. trick-taking game, very basic, but the theme was. Um, a vacuum has died, so there's a power vacuum, ha, 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 Because mm. the vacuum mm. is the leader, so everyone's trying to, like...
0: Get the electricity, the
2: power. Yeah, yeah get the, the ba- yeah. Like, yeah. So it was specifically, like, a yeah, Stalin yeah. vacuum. Um, and that's, like, a theme that... It was Death it was death of Stalin, but it's mm. a trick-taking game about appliances, right? That immediately gets more points because I've not seen a game like that. So yeah. it's one of the reasons I love Wingspan, because that's a game about, like, what if burbs? That's the whole prospect but there's a lot of games out there that do a concept that no one else has done but also it's just like we're doing something wacky We and don't really like it
0: well let's go back to terra firm futura terra, terra futura uh, a game that pete bought we're going to say how much it was at the end mm. so keep guessing listeners so, so it's time for ben's favorite part of the podcast where he
2: reads the back of the box We live on a planet with limited resources, and we should try to make use of materials as efficiently as possible. One feasible solution is the so-called circular economy, which is inspired by natural, perfectly closed cycles without waste, and is applicable in our economic system. That was part of the uh, foreword. I'll read the actual back of the box, which says...
1: The postword, not the foreword.
2: Build the land of tomorrow, cultivate your territory, and create a self-sufficient economy. Future is a fast-paced yet strategic engine-building game, offering many paths to victory, some of which are not exactly... In Invert commas, clean. It doesn't say in inverted commas. There's inverted commas, but you can't see that.
1: Strange inverted commas. But
0: you took it because it was like about growing cities and plants and yeah, economy and, yeah. and but like pollution. So yeah, let's exactly. talk about
1: it. I mean, so it, it's Len. it's uh, overtly a political game to get you to think about things. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to go on a wild tangent and say. Last year or two years ago, I read a book about palm oil where it, if you if you sort of vaguely get around into leftist stuff on the internet, you'll hear the term commodity fetishism a lot. Or, you know, when people start to talk about theory, and oh, I don't know what that is, it was really succinctly put here where it's like basically the idea that I understood from commodity fetishism was like when something in a supermarket effectively is just a thing on the supermarket with a price and you don't think about any aspect of how it got there. And this, I think, does a nice aspect, like, of trying to, like, mm. make us think about what the economy actually is mm. and what it means when you, like, pay money for something, uh, because then that means that it's being built elsewhere. Well, I mean, if you pay some money for something, even if it's built close. Anyway, there's lots of, like, aspects to the economy, and it's complicated, mm. but, like, tries to make you think a little bit more. It's a very simple mechanically game, mm. and because of that, they have a nice spiel on the back, basically... Spiel like uh, explaining uh, w- why it's an allegory for climate change and just l- talking about the issues with the economy as currently construed, um, and it's nice for that, and I like that.
0: Nice. Well, it was a bit, you know, worker placement, e resource collection. Ben, it was quite a cute little game, wasn't it? Like, I, I was. They it was, describe it as engine building. Engine building, like lots of like tokens, like physical meeples mm. and stuff, and
2: yeah, you built up stuff. Yeah, it reminds me of a game we've played a few times called Evil High Priest. Priest. I, yeah, you yeah, love that. I do, I do really like it. But it's got yeah, this I kind of um, ladder of prop of like resources, so you're kind of trying to upgrade different hmm. resources. I think the the thing that makes the game click is you get two kind of secret objective cards, but they're more like what your scoring criteria are, and hmm. you can either sc- double score or you can sc- or you can trigger more of your cards at the end of the game
1: i think you always have to so sorry i don't think you can double score oh you pick yeah you pick one basically each you've got two cards which have basically a thing to trigger some stuff from what you've built uh based on where it is in the grid that you've built and then you've got a scoring mechanism and you choose either like both from the same card or one from one card and one from the other card
2: okay so i think that's what makes the game the other thing that's interesting as a puzzle is basically you you trigger each card five times. Um Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way. So there's a real puzzle around how often you trigger you're gonna trigger them a certain number yeah. of times, but when's the optimum time to trigger them and what's the optimum combination of getting stuff? It's an interesting puzzle.
1: Yeah, you get to order it. Yeah, each game is kind of gonna I imagine be a new puzzle. And there's the pollution element very explicitly, which is that like you can basically destroy your tiles and make them unusable if you do too many polluting things. And it's, yeah. A
0: couple of other board games we wanted to highlight before we move on. Two quickies we did, Ben. Hello. Hello. We did Zooey Wood, which is where you control a little penguin laying eggs and try and trap your opponent by laying eggs that they can't smash into.
2: So I want to be clear that I don't think this is, this isn't a game I particularly enjoy playing, but I think it's an interesting game. Because you're on a hexagon and there's loads of different triangles and it's, it's, it's almost like um, what's I can't remember what it's called that sort of one-on-one game of solitaire. Mm. I don't I don't know what the game's called, but it's it's kind of like that. So you're, and I in my head I had it down. Right, I need to get all my eggs on the board and stop Henry having eggs. That's not what the game's about at all. It's trying to create a situation where your opponent has no legal moves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very odd, like, and there's. It, there's things that don't really make sense. It, it feels like the action cards are kind of territory control cards, so one of them is just like they remove one of their pieces from the board, but an action in the game is put your piece on the board. So if you're trying to stop them giving actions, creating a, an action card that in a normal territory control game would be good, it actually is bad because that just goes, well, you've definitely got at least one more legal move. It's, it, it was an old game.
0: It was like the Japanese game Go,
2: Yes, that's and, the one.
0: And I think it was also a Japanese game. So it feels like it was a bit of a Go rebranded to be funny about penguins. Yeah,
2: it was about penguins Film making a film. I, again, the, the, the theme was kind of there because it was, there was like yeah. things moving in straight lines because they're gliding on the ice, yeah. which was there. So and I, I think
0: like... as the rounds increased, more elements of the film stuff come in. So I, I don't want to say it definitely wasn't there, but... Your focus is on the penguins, not the fact that they're in a film. And then we had a little game of Deductio, where we just had two. We had a card each, and we just had to guess what the other card was. But we had some clues.
2: Yeah, so it's very much a logic game. So you have a number. I had the number eight. And then three clues appear, and then some numbers appear as well. So there's 20 numbers in the deck. And then you have to take a clue that applies to your card. So basically, you have to choose which information you're giving to your opponent, whilst trying to give them the minimal information so you can guess their number before they guess yours. It's an interesting game. I think it's a well-designed game. I don't know. It's a particularly fun game because there's not really a strategy. Um, Like there would often, you can only take a clue if it's appropriate to you. And often there was only one clue that I could take, so there wasn't really a choice. And there's not a kind of risk-reward thing, kind of guessing your opponent, because you either go, well, I've got a one-in-three chance, and it's Hail Mary, or I wait until I know exactly what it is. But it was an interesting game.
0: I felt very conscious that there were times when I was like, I'm really sorry, I just need to do some deduct, like some deducting and maths and just stare at these cards for a bit, which didn't seem particularly mm. fun. Like, there's a, there's a, there was fun... Is it in 1v1? Uh, I probably could do it with more, I suppose. Was it, but it was, did you look at did... the
1: box or...
2: I don't know, actually, yeah. Because I'm, like, I'm thinking, like,
1: I'm thinking the comparison to paranormal captivity, mm. which we played, where like, you're, it sounds very similar, really. I mean, it's, just, it's sort of a clue. The, don't well, we cru-
2: crucially, you, you just like what I was going to say as a piece of feedback: being able to scratch them off would make a big difference because uh. then once you go, every time you like, you have to work through and work uh, out which oh numbers yeah. you've eliminated. But just being able to go look and go, yep, okay, the five numbers left, it could be, would speed things up. Mm-hmm. It's time for Peter Pitch Us an idea in Pitch
0: and Pass.
1: I had it. basically I'm gonna recycle an idea I had for a video game.
2: This pitch is not starting strong.
1: <laughs> no, but it's gonna it's gonna bad get it's bad to shoot up because the name of the game is Laserus. Okay, so this is in Cyberpunk Palestine. Jesus time.
2: Okay. Okay. This you, is gonna be very easy to celebrate.
1: <laughs> you play as Uh, A recently deceased and resurrected laser enthusiast. In your time of being passed away... How do you know
2: about lasers? Sorry? How do you know about lasers if it took place 2,000 years ago? No, it's cyberpunk. Oh, sorry,
1: okay.
0: Is it like an alternate reality where cyberpunk emerged thousands of years earlier than it would have normally done? (laughs)
1: Normally. It hasn't hasn't emerged Or maybe Christianity emerges
2: late. Sorry, sorry, Pete, we interrupted. The, The...
1: Look, the I the deep lore I'm not in I'm, I haven't got there yet. If you want to talk about it, it we I can work with you here. Let, tell but, us more about Lazarus and do you so play as him. You play as him, right? And maybe it's gonna have to be cooperative. Um, I because the original plan was, as I said, it, I'm recycling an idea because I'm lazy, mm-hmm. but I think it's a fun mm-hmm. concept, right? So the video game idea was you basically have to fight through levels. Um, your lasers. Basically, got taken away when you were dead, and you have to fight through the 12 disciples. (laughs) Eventually, Jesus. Each time you get back a new laser, which gets you more abilities, like sort of a Metroidvania type thing. Right. um, Is it a roguelike? Well, I was thinking of a Metroidvania type thing. I mean, you could make it, but in this one, we could make it some kind of like roguelike deck builder. I like rogue like deck builders. Roguelike
2: makes sense because you die and then you yeah. just come back and you have to go again. Yeah, perfect.
1: Mm, just okay. like Lazarus. Can, Can Lazarus. I
2: suggest the villain? Oh, you see, I had a name for a villain. The villain's Jesus, I guess. I was going <laughs> to suggest ch- <laughs> to, always- to, to change the branding slightly because it could still be a Jesus s character. Let me yeah. we'll call him Jesus, and the character could be German and called Transhumanist. Franz- <laughs> humanist. as in like transhumanist yeah, no, that's it's good. cyberpunk. Um. So you're thinking some sort of, uh, how? So how would you do uh, for Henry and people who don't know what roguelikes are? Uh, a roguelike is every run. Every time a run ends, a new yeah, world. Randomly yeah, randomly generated new world. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. there's no there's no continuous progress is the idea.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's just like he's was. What, what is, it, is it set like through like temples and streets?
1: Yeah.
0: Sewers. Yeah. Zeppelins? Not Zeppelins. Uh, uh, what's steampunk then? Like cyberpunks. Oh, cyberpunk. It's lasers. Cyber. Um, okay, so. a big factory.
2: So I've co- I, uh, what about this? So maybe it's um, a 1v1 deck builder, um, but every time you die, the disciple gets your deck and then you build, start building a new deck. Yeah. So you know what they've got... And you've kind of built an engine, so now you have to build other the engines to counter it's it. It's like um, Netrunner. I've played Netrunner. Yeah, so one
1: of you is the Disciples and Jesus. The other one is Lazarus. And each time you get through one layer of a Disciple or eventually Jesus, you get to the next one and they get a new deck. Now, I would
0: put in... A million pounds, but obviously, Jesus is casting out all the moneylenders, so he's kicked me out, so I can't invest.
2: I <laughs> have recently acquired some money, so I'm willing to invest 20 silver pieces. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Folks, I think it's time for a DD one shot. Ben Winterton, take oh, us in. Hang, hang on, on a second. Oh, we need, the, we need the little dicey boys. Where are I them. Okay. We,
1: since, since the last episode, we've packed ready to go, but luckily, my dice. Our dice, we're near the top. Okay,
2: let's do it. The overwhelming smell of rotting and rubbish fills your nostrils. Your eyes start to cry tears as you climb out of the rubbish mountain that is left on this desolate planet. You can see your ship having ejected you when the computer malfunctioned drifting off into space and you have but two minutes to find a way back to it who's trying to get back onto the What's ship? The so I'm
0: I'm, Big Lad McClavin. Um I'm an engineer for the ship um, but my h- left hand has been replaced with a gigantic robot hand and I um, start like pressing buttons on it and it starts like shining lots of
1: lights and making lots of sound effects because it's
2: like
1: trying to get the attention um, I'm not, it's not my ship, I'm actually a denizen of the planet, and I'm a rat, man. skibidi boop boop ski bop skiboo boop Are you trying to help me? Do you want I'm going to gonna try to fight yourself? you. <laughs> okay, uh, roll for initiative. <laughs> oh dear. No, mate. 19, oh, plus God. 1, because I'm pretty
2: dexterous. Uh, roll, roll for initiative. Uh, 4, mate. Okay, you go
0: first. Uh, What's the uh, character's name, sorry?
2: Ratman. Oh Ratman. Oh rat man.
1: a ratman, man. A rat, sorry, a, a rat man. Sorry. Um I I I'm gonna gnash at him with my enormous My enormous gnashes.
2: Thirteen, uh roll for damage. Uh,
1: what, what's that? D eight, D ten? D twelve,
2: D twelve. No. <laughs> Six. Okay, you take six points of damage. Uh, are you going to fight back? Or you I'm, see-
0: I'm a big tough guy, but I'm aware that
2: my spaceship is flying off. So
0: what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and pick up this little horrible rat creature yep. and eat it at the spaceship to try and get attention. Like, look, I'm here. Like, okay, as if you know, like, like peanut. Yeah, yeah. Anything,
2: Ro- so. uh, roll strength. Are you going to do anything in response? To him? No, I just try and test it. Okay. My weak little rat body. Yeah, well, large rat body. Okay, your aim is true. He bounces off the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a rat man bounces off the ship, and the ship starts coming back towards you. Um, what was your character called? Big Lad McLavin. M- big Lad McLavin, you're safe. A rat man. <laughs> you find yourself hurtling through space. Well, bounced off and into space? I guess that's it for rat man. That's <laughs> it
1: for a rat man. We have about ten
2: seconds before you lose consciousness. What are you going to do? Oh bother not again.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I flail. And Big Lad McLavin
0: <laughs> no, like makes gets a tattoo. To remember on his robot massive. As you fly with ammo.
2: meteorite hits, you knock you back down to rubbish, and that is time. It's time on the round. Lovely, uh, lovely business. Active player.
1: This is turn zero. Next player, we start turn one of five. What, what? What are you talking about? Still magic pre-release reference for you. Hey. Or magic any kind of tournament. Folks, time
0: it's time for everyone's favorite feature: shot in the dark. Ben. How long would it take you to travel to the moon? Oh, this is, this is good. This is like traveling to Just spaceships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the Mem- moon. Do you know the moon? Uh, I'm aware of its work. If you've traveled <laughs> the entire way at 70 miles an hour. So you're traveling 70 miles an hour. Driving up there. Driving, uh, up. driving up to the moon for Christmas. I think it takes <laughs> 6,000 hours. 6,000 hours. Ah, can you say it in months and days, please?
2: Um <laughs> That's, yeah. that's so good. I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, hang on. Oh yeah. I'm are just... you going to
1: do the calculation or are you just? Gonna... I'll do I'll, no, do. I'll
2: do the calculation. Um, so uh, just give me a sec. So that's going to be, um, and then you want it in day. You want it in months and days. <laughs> I don't want it in days and months. So that's, the that's, card that's does. So it's in four hundred days. So um, that is. Um, so I'm going to say that's um, I don't know, thirteen months and four days.
0: 13 months and 4 days. Mate, it's 4 months and 21 days. Oh yeah, well, That's we're... all 4 months and you get up there. Get up get up there and back before the next spiel. I,
2: I think the sun's 218,000 miles away, but I might be wrong. What percentage of men <laughs> say that they are scared of spiders?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm going to go based on so this. I can word.
2: change my intonation. What percentage of men say they're scared of spiders?
1: Ooh. Well, so, okay... Thanks for the the intonation. Uh, I was going to say, based on this room, 33%. Based
2: on what you've said,
1: 15%.
2: The answer is 33%. Oh! Uh, Whoa. Compared to 52% of women, according to this. Fascinating times. There's also people who don't identify as men and women. And
0: there's also uh, spiders that don't uh, be scary. No, there's not. That's so true.
1: That's so true,
2: bestie. (laughs) It's fine to kill spiders. No.
1: Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is a good one. Uh, Henry, you're a big centrist, so I think you're probably going to know this I one. I love the centre. You love to compromise, don't you? I love the Ooh. splinters on my bum. Um, well, tell me this. In Euros, how much did French President Emmanuel Macron spend Macron. on removing splinters from his bum? I'm just kidding. Makeup in the first... Three months in office.
0: The first three months. Three months. In Euros. Yeah. Uh, two thousand Euros.
1: Any any raise or lower on that?
2: On makeup, I'm gonna say three thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight.
1: You're both out by a factor of ten. Twenty-six thousand euros. Manual micron, 000. more like a manual. Right. Well, wrong. it's his money so
2: That's spending about three to 400 euros a day on makeup It's
1: probably not his money though Because he's employed to be the president So he probably gets and and prob- You've convinced me, Pete Stiped. He's wrong um, Works though, doesn't it? He looks fucking fantastic next to his decrepit wife Who was his teacher <laughs> <laughs> She's not decrepit But she was his teacher Listen folks,
0: instead of this debate I think it's time for a good old fashioned board game debate Ben, it's time for a good old-fashioned board game debate. What?
2: It's not. It's not what. Are you, what is a reasonable price for a board game? Because mm. I think that's both subjective and depends on the game. But I think what is a reasonable ask in terms of what you get for your money. Mm. Uh, and I'll. I don't think I'll explain this very well. So I'm going to start by giving an example. There were games I saw today, mm. and I'll give Horror on the Orient Express as an example. Yeah. Where mechanically the game would be playable in a much simpler way Mm. but because they come with so much stuff the game is well over a hundred euros so I don't want to buy it because it's Mm. too much so what is a reasonable balance for people? I
0: do like the feel of a big game my two examples are Scythe you get it out and you're like this I'm in for a treat this Mm. feels like uh, a scale scale is important and the second thing that I think is a, a game is Star Wars Rebellion um, again getting all that stuff out, all the armies and the characters and the cards feels like this is a space
1: opera. This is a true chunker.
0: Yeah. And so I don't have an issue with like a big game with lots of pieces in and uh, but I think there are a few games that like could be scaled down to be more accessible and, and affordable. My example of this weekend was we played a quick card game called Mantis. Really simple. Again, like a 10-minute one. We've talked about those of like, quick, bam, 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 done. I saw the box. It was £19. It was in a big cardboard box. I was like, this is a deck of cards? That's literally all it is, is a deck of cards. Yeah. So like... The this, big
1: box is annoying. Yeah,
0: so this could be... 10 euros less, right? There's something about it that I went, I don't really, I don't feel like I'm getting my worth out of that. Look at Love Letters, massive success. It's one of the games mm. you get in Waterstones, for goodness sake. And that is just a little dinky, little baggy, a few cubes and a box. And it's it's worked on that. So I think there's, I was a little bit trying to nudge everything upwards yeah. somewhat. Oh, we didn't say how much uh, terror... Yeah, I
1: was going to talk about that in a second. Let's go for it. But I first also wanted to talk about Magic Horror. That game has a blooming big box. Whoa. And it's not got much in it. No. It's
2: not got much in it. It's designed to take the expansions, but even then, Mm. it's a few decks of cards and a few dice.
1: Yeah, these these boxes where it's like, this is a mechanically complex enough game, or like, you know, it, it... where you just feel there's a marketing aspect of people thinking they're getting a better game if they're getting a bigger box. And we all, we're all we all susceptible to it. Mm. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. Hey, hey. I, the,
2: the mantra is that... The Size sh- the doesn't shel- matter. The shelf space is your advertising space. So the bigger mm. your box, the bigger mm. your advent mm. for your game. Yeah. I think Henry's hit on something important here, which is the experience of scale. One thing some publishers already do, and you saw a fair bit of spiel, was that you can buy the base game and then there are the options to buy the miniatures and the tokens Mm. and things like that. So you can play with the cardboard or plastic Mm. ones you get, but if you want to buy nice ones, they're Mm. for sale as well. Mm. That for me feels like a good balance because if you're really into the game or you're quite flush or you you just love the idea of it, you can get all the stuff. But if you just want to have the game experience of the game, yeah. that said, almost every game I saw that was like that. The game was like a hundred euros, and mm-hmm. then like twenty five yeah. for each faction, and then mm. da, da, da. so even the games that do that weren't cheap.
1: Terra Futura was was dirt cheap. It was five euros, my friends. That is a bargain. Five euros. Yeah. I
0: I generally think, so sometimes I think with board games, you you are taking a chance on them, right? Unless you definitely, even if you definitely played them, how often are you going to get it off the shelf, play it with people? Are they also going to gel with it, right? And there are some games that I've spent a lot of money on, played once or twice. There's one game, I bought Firefly the board game, admittedly second hand. I've had that for like almost almost 10 years and I've never played it. Yeah, But everyone in my friendship circle, keeps going, oh, we should play that game sometime. And we we should. And we should, because it's great. And we should. Because they played it once and loved it. So I was like, well, if you love it, I'd like to play it and get it, blah, blah, blah. Versus some games, uh, I'm going to name Quacks of Quedlingburg, Boss Monster, um, uh, Exploding Kittens, Star Wars Rebellion. I paid a huge amount for that. I have got my money out of those games. I have played them so many times. Mm-hmm. I love them. That like if, if you were to do like a mathematical thing, I must have every yeah. time I play I've paid like 50p now. Yeah. Um that game, if you said, Do you want to have like twenty minutes of fun with your mates for five euros? I'd go, Yeah, cool, take my money. If this weird yeah. like pen.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> I'm here to you a dark deal. And, and it's sometimes it's not a very healthy thing to do, I don't think, but to try and to talk about
1: like consumers, Yeah,
0: to con- go like how much am I consuming this product that I've got? Because ultimately it's 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 not a cheap thing and it's not a cheap hobby to be into.
2: It's not. I think i think th- there's a there's a balance here as well because it's easy you're not just paying for the components in the box, you're paying for the designer's time, mm. the artist's time. Oh yeah, time. yeah. Um and it is, it, it's an odd thing, isn't it? Because that, that hits a certain level. So there's games that the artist and the designer, they've done it once, and now that game is just reaping the rewards. Mm. But obviously the manufacturing costs stay... Well, mm. they don't stay the same, they go up. But, mm. you know, they keep going up. And yeah, there are those big... I mean, there were some games we saw, and this isn't un, uh, a rare, unusual, but the 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 quote unquote miniatures were insane. They mm. were the quality of them was incredible. Deep right. uh, Deep Rock Galactic was a big game that people were pushing based on the the video game. Mm. The, I picked up the box for that. I mean, what was it? It was like one hundred eighty euros or something. The box looked impressive, but most of that was huge plastic miniatures. I don't know. It's a, it's a I don't. There's no hard and fast rule to I, get right. I
0: think if you want to, if you want big, cool miniatures, like you get in. Uh, what's it called? Dwarven rock lads.
2: Deep, deep rock galactic.
0: Deep rock galactic, or some of those like Cthulhu-y like hmm. games with miniatures. I don't know. For me, I'm like go play a miniatures game like Warhammer or Titan Forge. Yeah, but the thing
1: is, Warhammer isn't a, a great game.
0: I don't. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. But I. Think... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That says I, the guy who's been painting I don't all of every day. There's something for me about I, as, as much as I've said there is scale mm. there's still a compactness to it. Mm. I want it to be contained. Some of the games like um, Zombicide um, the Street Fighter the one that you've had like there's some that I'm like this is so expansive and massive in the boxes and boxes and the add-ons expansions that I'm like this feels beyond like a fun thing that i take around to my mates and becomes mm. almost a chore
2: so i think this for me personally there's three levels of discovery with a game Ooh. so the first is unboxing the game and opening it and seeing cool stuff Ooh. and that's what you get with miniatures ankh is a good example where you're playing egyptian gods the the, the mm. god models in that are absolutely enormous the game is pretty basic component wise i think the second level of discovery is finding out what's in the game what's in those decks of cards mm. and you draw a card and you go wait that lets me do this mm. that's cool and then the third level of discovery which you don't always get to but that's when you discover how the game works and what makes the game fun and interesting mm. and what's unique about it and when you go ah that comp- mechanic interacts with that mechanic in an interesting way not all games hit that mm. third point but those are the three levels of discovery so i think miniatures are all well and good but it's a flash in the pan with the exception of things like Gloomhaven, where you're unboxing new mm, miniatures, Gloomhaven. you open the box and you've seen all the stuff. And also it'll be on the back of the box because that's mm. why they've put their yeah, money. Yeah. So I think it's a nice thing to have, but it's in the same way having nice art on the box is a nice mm. thing to have. Mm.
0: It's time to reveal the Chunk, and this Chunk is a mighty Primaris space marine of the 41st millennium. Now, admittedly, this chunky big boy defending humanity has been put into a tiny little scale, but there are three of them. Now, uh, Pete, as you'll know from podcast Numero Dos, uh, has been... (laughs) Uh, Painting these lovely models, and here they are on the table. Yeah. You yeah. get to imagine, uh, listener, that you they you look you. great rather than a little bit crummy. So, <laughs> I, as someone that loves Warhammer, has uh, successfully guessed which one Pete painted on day one, day two, and day three. But Ben, as uh, Chumpo McGee, is going to guess which one. Do you want to describe
1: them for the three. listener as a as a slight outsider of Warhammer lore compared to me and Henry? I
2: would yeah, say. we're we're
0: pretty big deals actually.
2: Okay, well I'll start by saying these look. I mean, two of these I'd say are functionally identical in terms of their aesthetic. Goodness, this guy! And one of them is holding a flamethrower. Um, they all have a sort of military grey green as their base. Um, one of them has a lot more gold going on. Now, one of them I recognise as... A, oh, God, his head is so wobbly. It's okay. Have fun with it. Okay. The other heads aren't wobbly. But I recognise this character from a previous D&D one-shot we did whilst having a sandwich, which is Billy... Sorry, Barry Blue Bolter. Um. Then we've got... What's this character called? Uh, That's Ash. Ash, from the band Ash. Yeah. And um, what's this character called? I don't think we had a
1: name for him yet. Um, This—that's a rat man.
2: That's a rat man, and you've also produced. Well, I can only I—I I didn't produce this as a bin.
1: This is this is a prop bin that was on one of the tables as a please take this as a gift and take our business card.
0: And ben, I did both. Which one of these three space means would help
2: you move house? Um. This one looks the strongest, so I'm going to go for um, a Bratman A Bratman man. I think this one was painted second, and this one was painted third. So I'm going to say Barry, then a brat man, then Ash. Ash
1: was painted at the beginning.
2: Oh, you've got worse then. Yes.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Lovely business, um f- folks. What a lovely time we've had here at the Handsome Boys Club. If you want to be a member of the Handsome Boys Club, you better get handsome and into board games and be our friend. You
1: don't have to be a boy though. No. And uh, join our Patreon.
0: Yes. Like, subscribe. We don't have a Patreon. I'm I'm far too busy to put up like... We've got a patron.
2: Th- no. A demonic patron. <laughs> right.
0: So the very last thing to say is, of course, at the corpse wedding, it's Lazarus marrying a little rat man in space. The Good. wedding taking place in a cyberpunk galaxy far, far away. Now,
2: L- Lazarus occupies an interesting space in the corpse wedding lore because Lazarus is continually going between life and death. Mm. So once you die and come back, mm. are you still a corpse?
0: Yeah, so he's that that the marriage is annulled. So all as right. soon so he's he get he's getting married a lot of times. A lot of corpse weddings basically. Sure. Big shout out to Jar Mouse for all the jingles and music and the amazing theme tune.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. How have you two found Spiel, this being your first time coming here?
0: I have Absolutely loved it. I th- I'm really glad I read some some advice. And my advice I'm going to pass on is pretty much what was given to me is um, ha- have a bit of a plan of what you want to go and look at. Now, that might be that you don't know what that plan is until you're there. Yeah. But if you see a game you like, go straight to it. And and I, I'd i say not be pushy like the people that just sat down as battle bands, which we're still bitter about. But like hover around keep an eye ask people how long they're going to be that's sort you know as long as you're polite that's the vibe mm. and like that's how you get in and play games cuz to be honest if you're not like as a bit on it and a bit looking for stuff and that sort of mm. just just keeping an eye on stuff you could probably go quite a while without playing a game and like although you're there for 8 hours that's, that's it's so vibe. easy. It's so, it's so easy to so just keep sort of wandering, hovering and missing out on
1: stuff. On the Thursday, I think I maybe played like a couple of the card games in the TCG area. Mm. Maybe even only one. And then one other game and just wandered around mostly. Like mm. clocking things a little bit. Mm. But like it's so easy just to wander around and not do anything. So yeah, make an effort to like try and sit down and play games. But I don't think you need to be too... Um, prescriptive about it most Mm. of the time they'll you'll find if you wander for a while like a a free a table and it's quite a good idea to just be like be open and just like try something that like faintly interests you
0: i don't think it can be underestimated how massive it is Mm. so there are so many like it's just tables and tables there are
2: hundreds of stores with thousands of games and there's a mix of shops and demonstrators and all Mm. sorts i think the one i i Went in expecting to have a nice time, and I had a fantastic time. And it's just everyone's lovely; mm, like yeah. no one's rude. Sometimes there are definitely echelons of nerd culture which are very exclusionary. I didn't experience that once. Mm. Everyone just seemed very welcoming, very open to talk. Mm. Language can be a bit of a barrier sometimes, mm, yeah. um, but a lot of the, it is in German. A lot of it is in German, especially in the sec like the, the the shops. It can be difficult to find stuff in English. Yeah,
0: I'd say I'd say I didn't have a massive problem with demo games like usually mm. there was somebody there that spoke English maybe once or twice they'd have to wait for some money or swap round but I'd say that like th- yeah a lot of shops you'd be like oh let's have a look there it's all in German so like actually that sort of discounts but so you, there's a lot of energy in like finding the, mm. the stall that you're looking for
1: there was a cute little bookshop in the gallery yeah. that had loads of sci-fi and fantasy books and not and that looked like they were probably a lot of them second hand and normally I just like mm-hmm. beeline for that and it's just and it was, like, in a nice car and everything. It's mm. so all in German. What a waste of money.
0: I'd say as a <laughs> Not game, for me, unfortunately. I'd say a lot of um, worker placement games. Mm. A lot of, like, your... your what was it Cass... What's that meeple? Carcassonne. Carcassonne. Mm. A lot of, like, putting your resources down, getting your mm. wood, Settlers of Catani-type stuff. Like, and I like those games. I'm not all against them. But by, like, day two... Like, today, I kept sort of half-jokingly being like, I'd quite like to play, like, a territory control game. And a lot of the demos we sat down at, I think, was about, like, how you play a card to get some magic to to get this, to get these victory points. And I was like, well, I just... And, and like, I think that's quite an American-type thing. This is obviously a very European, German-based thing. So just being in mind that, like, not saying the games are samey because we said there are thousands of different games... And there are different halls with like family games and miniatures games and expert games. But sometimes the variety, I don't know, did wear a little bit for me, to, to be honest. Um, cool. Okay.
1: I recommend going four days, getting the lay of the land on the first day, mm. but being a bit uh, bit more methodical about it. Yeah. So oh. when uh, Henry and Ben uh, first arrived on the Saturday morning, well, yeah, first arrived to Spiel mm. on the Saturday morning, We made a beeline for the Lying Pirates game, which turned out to not be that amazing, but it was one that I'd seen and clocked as one that was of interest to me and we just went straight for it. And I think that was quite a nice tone setting thing and it's nice to have a target as well.
0: I think the best example was the second day, this morning. Yeah, you and me, Ben, we were like, we played Mlem, we really like it, and we saw uh, Evil Corp and we liked the look of it and you were also quite keen to go and play Lorcana. So that morning we went straight to the Mlencube because they'd sold out the following day and bought a copy, then crossed over and went and st- like, got a game quite quickly at Evil Corp. Mm-hmm. And then, because we're all in the same vicinity, we went and did and, and then And then that was like, you know, that was only like the first couple of hours. That's not like all day, but we'd been a bit more a bit tactical and strategic planning but that's because the previous day we played this game, we'd seen this game, we noticed this game, so we were basing on like previous knowledge, previous sexy knowledge.
1: It's long, Paint a space moon every day. It's good to have a way to have downtime,
0: <laughs> and don't forget to be a handsome
1: boy,
2: and try to buy your own food beforehand because it's well expensive.
1: Can Easy advice. Yeah, they don't check your bags, uh, which is mainly useful for bringing in food. Not that they would. Well, anyway, in this case, they clearly didn't care about you bringing in food, which is great quite busy
0: noisy if you're sensitive to large crowds a bit of shit like people will just knock, knock into mm. you bags like it's not i don't think it's noisy in the sense people like playing like music it's not loud. And people like shouting it's not like a, a football it's match or anything that. It's, it's just like a, a level of background noise um but yeah if you are sensitive to that there are sort of breakout areas like Hall 7 wasn't used and people sort of spilling into there and in the corridors. I think you can find little, areas. Your corners. super nice to go back yeah, because it gets
1: um,
2: hot.
0: Hot and board game
2: So, same time next year, lads? Well, not same time next year. Should we come to Spiel next year? It might not be on at the same time. Probably a similar time at least. Similar time next year. Similar time next year?
0: Similar time next year. Keep being
2: handsome.
1: Okay. Got it.